Today is April 27th, and this is the 58th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. And boy, did we have a great pay-per-view last Saturday. April 24th, it took place at the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, it was awesome, and I'm going to dive right into it because... There's a lot to talk about, and uh, starting in the main event in that welterweight division between Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal, you know, I think the narrative was Jorge this time was going to get a full camp, and Usman was going to face a more dangerous Masvidal, and I think he was. I think Masvidal looked good in the first round, uh, and up until he got knocked out, but boy, did he get knocked out cold, and did we see the power of Usman, and not only the power But we saw the improvements from Usman. I mean, Usman knocked out a very, very good striker in Jorge Masvidal. Usman also just knocked out a great striker in Gilbert Burns. I mean, we're seeing Usman improve. And uh, it's scary because you know how good he is on the ground. You know he could dominate everyone in the division on the ground for the most part, at least everyone in the division. And uh, now, you know, we see that he can pretty much stop everyone on the feet even which is even scarier because for a while we knew you know he could compete on the feet you know maybe he wasn't the best striker but he's now moving into that category of being a dominant striker which is just unbelievably scary and not only a dominant striker but a dominant striker with absolute power and uh sting in his punches and in round two he knocked out Jorge Masvidal and it was on you know it was one of those knockouts that got me standing and yelling so uh it was certainly an exciting one and uh you know Masvidal came in like I said he looked good but um that's probably the last time we're gonna see him get a title shot you know he's 35 and 14 and uh you know I think Usman this really cements him as getting into the talks of, of being almost as good as GSP. You know, I, I know we mentioned that a little bit last time, and, and, uh, but the, the only thing was, was, you know, he hadn't defended the belt as much as uh, GSP. And I think that in order for him to be considered better than GSP, he will need to do that. Um, and I know times are different. I know the athletes today are probably better than the athletes back then. But still, to do what GSP did and defend the belt as much as he did, I think Usman will have to do it just as much. Um, and you know, and now Usman, you know, he cleared out his division and he's going to start lapping people, like he said in the press conference. You know, he's coming around the track again. You know, and he lapped Masvidal. He beat him twice. Uh, and you know, we look at it and who, you know, Usman's going to face next, probably Covington, which should be a fun fight. Um, you know, after seeing what just happened, I don't know if Covington can make it out around three rounds, uh, just because of how powerful Usman is, but we'll see. Um, I would love to see, uh, you know, another fight like it was the first time. I, I do think Covington is the next best welterweight in the world compared to Kamaru Usman. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll see that fight next for Usman or maybe we'll see, you know, Usman versus uh, Leon Edwards if Leon Edwards can starch Nate Diaz. And if Nate Diaz beats Leon Edwards, I bet we see uh, Nate Diaz get the title shot. So, you know, I think there's a, some nice um, matchups right there, just the three. 
uh, for Kamara Usman. I mean, maybe if Wonderboy Thompson can, you know, pick up a nice win and and in in good fashion, maybe we could see him get a title shot by the end of the year against Kamara Usman, which would also be fun to see. But um, so I think there's some fun stuff for Kamara, and personally, I believe he should go up and face. Israel Adesanya for the 185 belt and after I saw his performance against Jorge Masvidal I truly believe he could go up and beat him um not necessarily outstrike Adesanya but his grappling is so good that he can work his way in get Adesanya down and completely dominate him and maybe even find a finish um I know he doesn't want to do that because Israel is his friend and he'd rather have two African fighters have a belt rather than one have two uh one fighter have two belts so you know i understand that and it is hard to fight a friend you know you you don't really want to do that so i get it but um back to you know being one of the best like i was talking about you know i think usman here he starts to lap everyone i think there might be no choice but to eventually go up to 185 or retire on top i think he's gonna lap everyone and hopefully we'll see you know we'll see if he gets the same amount or more title defenses than george st pierre then yes i think he's the best welterweight of all time and as far as being uh as active as he is i'd say yeah he deserves to be the the men's pound for pound number one ranking just because john jones hasn't been fighting in a while i do think john deserves to be the number one pound for pound fighter right now but because of kamaro's activity right now i think with active fighters yeah he's definitely on top kamaro is number two in the men's pound for pound ranking you know and uh that's for ufc fighters you know in the current roster and i i believe that's accurate you know i do but um as far as for his activity, yes. Uh, right now, being more active than John Jones, he probably deserves it. Um, but in reality, you know, John is probably above him on that pound for pound rankings list. I want to just bring that up to mention just because this guy's been active. You know, you think about it since July, he's fought three times, defended against Masvidal, defended against Burns, and now Masvidal again. I wouldn't be surprised if he fights again before, uh, you know, UFC probably 270 at least you know maybe 268 i could see him back again uh which is you know again before the end of the year so this guy's being active and it's awesome it's good for the division and uh, i'm excited to see who he's against next and we know he keeps improving and i think we could credit a lot of that to training with trevor whitman and you know having a training partner as good of a striker as justin gaethje i think you know that is definitely helping him get better and uh, I'm excited to see him continue to get better. I really like his mindset, and I like him as a fighter. I wasn't always a fan of him on the uprise, but uh, I've become a really, really big fan of him. And I can't believe he gets booed uh, by the fans because I understand he might not be the most likable guy on the microphone, but his fighting ability is absolutely unbelievable. It's unbelievable. If I were to fight, I wish I would like fight like him. He He is a very very good fighter now moving on to jorge masvidal because like i said he's probably never going to touch a title fight again in his career you know he's 35 and 14 he's got a lot of losses um and i did mention you know you looked at his past record his wins weren't all that that impressive you know besides the darren till one but i think darren till was cutting too much weight 
And, uh, you know, now Darren Till is at 185. And I thought Till was winning that fight until he got caught. So, you know, like I mentioned, the, the Ben Askren knockout, one, 1 in 10 times it happens. You know, I doubt it happens more than that. And um, his win against Nate Diaz, you know, if you fight Diaz correctly, that's what could happen. You know, and I think maybe Leon Edwards will try and do the same thing but you know that's not here or there we'll we'll find out later but what's next for Jorge Masvidal and you know when you look at the welterweight rankings Masvidal moves down to five you know I think Masvidal fights big names next you know I, I don't think um like I said I don't think he's gonna get a title shot anytime soon especially if Kamaru Usman's champion and the way he just lost I, there's you can't really sell that fight you know, he lost twice and second time worse than the first. So it's big names for Jorge Masvidal. And um, what I would personally like to see is Masvidal maybe versus uh, Vicente Luque, who just came off of a very nice win against Tyron Woodley. Uh, or maybe even a big name such as Nick Diaz, the brother of Nate Diaz. I think that that could be a great returning fight for Nick. And... Uh, Speaking of Nick Diaz, I might as well bring it up now. You know, he was in attendance at UFC 261. He's looking for a fight. Uh, Dana White said, you know, he's he was going to meet with him right after the event. And uh, he's willing to give Nick a fight. So, you know, who could potentially fight Nick? 100% could potentially be Jorge Masvidal. You know, a big name for both guys. Uh, bring a lot of attention. It'd be a good fight. Could be a co-main event uh, to a big pay-per-view. Um, it would be big and it would be a good comeback fight for Jorge Masvidal. Uh, like I said before, Vicente Luque, I personally think would be a great matchup as well. And right now, as far as names, you know, I think that's the biggest things you could do. Um, I know for Nick Diaz, they were talking about potentially having him fight Hamza Chemaev. We'll see. Uh, but I think for, for, Jorge Masvidal, those are the two biggest things he could do unless, you know, he faces, um, the loser of Leon Edwards versus Nate, uh, Nate Diaz. I think that would work well too. Cause I know he had beef with Leon Edwards. I think that that would be a great fight. Um, or, you know, you could do the rematch between Nate Diaz and, and, uh, Jorge Masvidal, except I don't think it's a great fight for Nate, but it would bring in names and it would be a big fight. So I think you got some, some fun stuff there, uh, as well for Jorge Masvidal. Uh, and you know, he's just going to be a guy who's going to fight big names from here on out, you know, until he retires. So that's the main event. I know I went on about it for a while, uh, but you know, it was a great, great, great performance by Kamaru Usman. And we had another great performance by Rose Nama Yunus winning in round one by a knockout kick to the head of Zhang Weili. And boy, did Rose look sharp right out the gate. You know, as uh, the buff was talking, you know, Rose was like, you know, telling herself and Wei Li, you know, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. If you go rewatch, you'll see it. And, uh, you know, we knew Wei Li sometimes starts off a little bit slow. You saw it against Ioana. Ioana did well in those first couple rounds when Ioana faced Wei Li. And Rose just looks so sharp and crisp. And we knew Rose was going to look good in the beginning. But we didn't know how long Rose would be able to take shots from Wei Li. And she didn't really have to, you know. She took barely any. 
because the fight ended so fast. She landed such a beautiful head kick. And I think we got to, you know, acknowledge the fact that Rose is the best straw weight of all time. I mean, she's beaten the, all the best straw weights. And, uh, you know, you can make some excuses for her losses. For example, against Andrade, you know, she got dropped on her head. That, that, that doesn't happen very often. And she avenged that loss. So beating a, a girl like and such a dominant champion like Wei Li, uh, you know, Wei Li hadn't lost a fight since her very first fight. She's gone 21 and 0 since, you know, her first loss. So Wei Li, obviously, a very talented mixed martial artist, but starting off slow and got caught, you know, and I think it was a good stoppage. I know she protested it a little bit, but I think it was good. I think it was a good stoppage and an excellent performance by Rose. So, you know, now you ask the question, well, what's next for Rose? You know, she's beat arguably one of the best straw weights uh women fighters in all time of Joanna Jonjacek she beat her twice you know and so now you ask what's next for Rose and I think you let that division play out a little bit makes you know some contender fights I know there's one coming up uh, I believe with Carla Esparza you know see how that fight goes and go from there but could you make the rematch with uh, Zhang Weili and Rose Namajunas? You technically could. You know, Weili was a very good champion, very popular in China. Um, and the fight ended so fast. You know, I would have liked to seen Rose deal with a little bit of adversity. Some, you know, hits maybe landed from Weili. We didn't really see it. Weili, to be honest with you, didn't look that great right out the gate. She was swinging. She was throwing some good stuff. Looked, looked fast, but just wasn't connecting and maybe you know you got to credit rose for being so sharp early on and and maybe that's really what it was and and you can't discredit her knockout at all or say it was lucky it was complete skill but i would have liked to seen a little bit of a fight so i could you argue for that rematch i think you could uh just because of like i said whaley's popularity and how it didn't go too too long and it would be a fight for rose because like I said, Rose beat all the best straw weights there is. So you let the division play out. Maybe you make a rematch for later in the year. Let Rose be champion for a little bit of time. And and uh, we'll see something get scheduled, I'm sure, uh, within six months or so. And, you know, we have three title fights on this card, which is just absolutely awesome. Um, in the women's flyweight division, Valentina Shevchenko another beautiful performance uh defeating Jessica Andrade in the second round via TKO and uh got her in that crucifix and just started unloading and uh you know I I we weren't 100% sure where Valentina would take the fight I thought you know she would piece her up on the feet a little bit because her striking is crisp but she decided to make Andrade fight her B game and uh Valentina was obviously stronger there Took her down seven times, controlled her, and uh, ultimately found the finish in round two, showing she's just so dominant. And I think, you know, from here, what's next? You could make the argument for another fight with Amanda Nunes, but we've seen it twice. I think, you know, before these two are done, we will probably see it for a third time. Personally, I hope Valentina can find a way to win that fight. Um, but I think let the divisions play out, you know, let contenders fight and let it just keep lining them up for valentina keep lining them up let her keep knocking them down eventually some young dog will come in and give her a good fight so ultimately beautiful performance for valentina jessica you know 
she got a title fight. She probably made some decent money. Um, I'm not sure what's next for her because she just moved up in weight. Uh, you know, maybe just take fights again and, and see where it goes. Oh, boy. I just looked at what happened before that fight, and that was in the middleweight division versus Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. And, boy, you got to feel bad for Chris Weidman with what happened to his leg. And, you know, as soon as it happened, all I could think about was what happened to one of his previous opponents, Anderson Silva. It was almost identical. You know, both fighters threw the kick and their opponent checked it. Chris Weidman checked it on Anderson Silva. Uriah Hall checked it on Chris Weidman and both of their legs just absolutely snapped. I, you know, and Weidman just went down and the replays were unbelievably horrible to watch. You got to really feel bad for Chris Weidman because you know he's a good guy. You know he put a lot of work into this camp, and you know this fight meant a lot for him. It meant a lot for Uriah Hall, too. You got to feel bad for him because although he won, he feels bad that Chris Weidman, you know, had that injury. No one deserves that injury, and uh, both fighters wanted a win, and they wanted a win in the right way to move in the right direction in this middleweight division. So it is a shame for both fighters, but especially Chris Weidman, you know, this is going to be a year recovery before he could fight again, and... uh, kind of crazy Uriah Hall is the first fighter to win a win a fight without throwing a strike um crazy crazy stuff by both guys you know it's hard to talk about guys moving you know what these guys are going to do next because Weidman's going to take a year to recover he's got only a few fights left on his contract this who knows if he could even fight again you know we'll see hopefully he can make his return I think he may just try and fight again just to prove that he could make another fight and then maybe retire you know it's a difficult thing and for Uriah Hall I mean it's unfortunate because I know he wanted to climb the rankings in the middleweight division and uh, you know he's ranked number eight I think he needs to fight someone right around him it's kind of tough you know maybe Darren Till um, who's ranked number six I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think he needs, I think since, you know, he didn't take any damage, he could get a quick turnaround. Guess, you know, a young, hungry guy or just a hungry fighter. And let's see what he could do and, and hopefully, you know, give him a little bit of a reward for such a bad thing to happen and uh, allow him to get right back in there and, and get a fight. And for the first fight on the main card in the light heavyweight division, you had Anthony Smith winning by, you know, a, a doctor stoppage over Jimmy Crute. Uh, first good round, very, very good round by Anthony Smith. You know, he was outstriking Crute. Crute had the power advantage, but Smith was, you know, fighting behind his jab and connecting with it and uh, kept going to those leg kicks and ultimately landed one that, must have damaged a nerve in Jimmy Crute's leg because he couldn't really put pressure on his foot. He kept rolling his ankle, and and, uh, obviously you can't let a fight keep going. And it's unfortunate for Crute. I know he wanted to keep fighting, but credit to Anthony Smith for taking the fight there and keep hitting, you know, that that calf and, you know, right above the calf and in the knee area. And uh, hopefully Crute doesn't have any serious damage, but... um, you know, I know he wanted to, like I said, I know he wanted to keep fighting, but 
Credit to Anthony Smith taking it there. But you know what? I think that the fight would have kept going the way it was unless Crute tried to take it to the ground and hold him there. Uh, could have been a little closer maybe, but ultimately I think Smith looked good with the striking department, and that's probably what we would have saw the rest of the fight. I'm going to touch on some quick prelims because they were exciting. You know, you had Randy Brown having the one-arm rear naked choke submission over Alex Oliveira in round one. Uh, had some beautiful things to say to him afterwards, and that is sarcastic. He was telling them to fuck himself, I'm pretty sure. But uh, that was a fun fight. You had Dwight Grant winning a split decision over Stefan Skellick. Uh, that was an interesting fight. I didn't quite think Grant won, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Brendan Allen picked up a nice submission win via ankle lock. Uh, Pat Sabatini won by unanimous decision. And on the early prelims, you had a bunch of great fights. I mean, I'd say the first two fights on the early prelims were the most exciting. Um, Carnalesi got a great finish in round two. Uh, exciting first round, first fight of the night. Crowd was booming. You know, I even felt different from just sitting there. It was kind of intense. And then Jeff Molina picked up a nice unanimous decision win uh, in a back-and-forth fight. So, ultimately, a beautiful card. I don't think it could have went better, and I think it probably, so far this year, has been the best card um, as far as excitement and, and just all over around um, competitiveness in the, in the fights. And uh, my main event picks moved to 6-7. and seven. I'm working up to that 500, trying to get above it. And my title picks, I am 500. I moved to 4-4. Four and four. So, exciting stuff. Uh, that was UFC 261 recap. And I mentioned, you know, Vicente Luque picking up a nice win over Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley has moved out of the rankings in the welterweight division, which means a couple things. Uh, he either got released or cut. And uh, it's unfortunate. You know, he is a good fighter. I'm not sure what's going to be next for him. I know he was talking some shit back when Askren fought Paul to some of Paul's camp. Maybe he'll try and indulge in some some boxing, um, or maybe he'll move to a promotion like Bellator. Whatever he does, if he does continue in MMA, I hope he finds success. I want, I don't want him to tarnish the great career that he did have despite, you know, finishing the UFC with four losses. He did do some great things, especially in his uprise. He is a good mixed martial artist. So if he does go to a promotion like Bellator, I hope he finds success. He may move to a promotion like the PFL. We shall see. Um, but, you know, if he does decide to do celebrity boxing, I hope he finds success and he shuts some of these guys up. Uh, I do think he could find success. And if, even if he did lose, I don't think it tarnishes his legacy. The, the MMA world knows what he did. And the last thing I want to mention is John Jones and his management team have gone separate ways after 11 years. Both parties have come out and, you know, had nothing negative to say about each other. Uh, they did say that Jones has been negotiating his own uh, fights the past couple of fights and has, you know, done the talking for the Ninganu um, negotiations. So I don't know what this necessarily means. Maybe Jones will find new management. I'm sure Ali uh, is looking to swoop in and pick up Jones, but that could be good because he may be able to, uh, he may, you know, may be able to get him a fight or make shit happen. So we'll see. I don't know what this really means for Jones. Maybe it means he ain't going to fight anymore. I, I have no really clue, but 
it wasn't bitter between any of the two parties so it could have just been some mutual thing who knows um i just want to bring that up because i don't know it it was interesting to me anyway this is a, a long pod and uh that's about all i got thank you guys for those of you who tuned in this was episode 58 today was april 27th and uh i'll catch you guys in the next video